Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over, you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. Let's get it going. It's game day Winnipeg here on Bonfire Sports. Chris Walby in the house. Chris, what's going on? Is your internet okay today? Is that, yeah, you know what? Uh, they just were very lucky because they just, can you hear me at all? I can hear you, yeah. Okay, they told me there's an outage in the area. Mm. So I phoned and uh, they finally figured something out, but I'm, I, I'm, it might be internet, it might kick out. So get a good look at me now because I might be gone. You never know, man. Well, do us a favor, get into uh, the options there and, and uh, pick your right mic because uh, everybody wants to hear from the legend. Well, let's Chris see what one we got here. Let's see what kind of mic we got. Hang on. You do it. You do your thing. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep it going. Hey, thanks to everybody who stuck around. Uh, appreciate that. Technical issues do happen. Uh, so Chris Walby's got his Commodore 64 rebooted. Floppy right. disk is in the drive. It's, it's ready to go. Um, Chris, I got a gift for you today. Oh, come on, man. Don't do that to me. Don't tease me. I've had one of them days, man. It's been a crazy, crazy I day. Got a, I got a gift for you. You know what? I, what? I will show it to you later. You keep working on your microphone. How about right now we I'm, I'm hear enough. from uh, Dietrich Nichols. I, I did a one-on-one -on -one interview with, for my money, the best defensive back uh, the Blue Bombers have. Could be the best defensive back in the CFL today. Uh, he talks about uh, facing Geno Lewis, the challenge uh, of Winnipeg uh, playing Montreal two weeks in a row, putting that 9-0 record on the line on Thursday, uh, and more. So here is Blue Bombers second-year DB, Dietrich Nichols. Dietrich, half the regular season schedule is uh, now in the books. Uh, tell me about where this defense is and where you guys want to go in the second half of the regular season. Uh, We're we doing pretty good. You know, it's always um, that we could learn more, get better at certain things. Um, situation of uh, down the distance of the um, ball and everything like that. So we're just trying to get more mentally smarter and pick up on plays before they happen. Montreal Alouettes uh, have a lot of talent in their receiving core, uh, probably led by Geno Lewis. Tell me about the, the type of receiver he is and the challenges he brings to you guys. Of course, he's a um, great receiver. He's been here for five years, been doing a great job. You know, um, I feel like he tracked the ball very well, you know, like, um, he made the tough catches, he made the big boy catches, and we just got to keep continuing to pound him. You and I talked at the Grey Cup last year, and, and I got the impression from you that you're somebody that studies all the individuals in the league and, and what they do well, and um, you know probably how you can take advantage of them. Tell me about that process you go through, and not just watching your own games and your own film, but watching the other games as well. Uh, yeah, like you said, watching the game, see how they, see what's, you can tell, sometimes you can tell what's a receiver favorite route, and what they like personally, personally and everything like that and what the coaches and how, how it fit in the scheme wise on on that side of the ball. So I pick up on little things like that and it's just and just believe in what I see honestly. That's all that's all it is. How much does it help knowing tendencies and those sorts of things? Uh, it help you it help you out hundred percent, you know the game. It's a physical game but it's still I still feel like it's majority mental. Mental. Uh, how is the mental strength of, of the team right now with pretty tough schedule three road games in a row you guys haven't had a bye week yet you include the preseason i know you had 10 days between preseason and and week one but you guys have been going pretty hard here uh nobody's cared nobody cares you know like it's a part of the game everything's not going to be pretty and on tie with a boat oh you know you can um, play the cards that's dealt and we've been doing a pretty good job at doing that. that's a pretty impressive thing have you been on teams like that before oh uh, what type of teams well, teams that you know don't really worry about the circumstances. Uh, yeah, all focused. the time. That's 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 big. It's 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 a thing that every team say, but it's um it takes the guys, the captains, to really believe in it and push it on the young guys and also themselves. So everybody do a great job at just 
just playing football, doing what we love and not complaining. You know, like every every day is not going to be how you want it. You know, just stick with it and play the cards that's there, honestly. I'm sure that's the same issue with, uh, you know, the next man up mentality. You yeah, guys true. go down, uh, you know, a player gets hurt or even your yeah. second stringer gets hurt. Uh, it doesn't matter who you guys have yeah. in there. You're, you're still playing pretty tight ball. Yeah, everybody, um, I, like they want everybody prepared like you about to play and you never know you know you might have you might have the Cinderella story so that's why you want to be prepared and go out there and shine and play for your brothers tell me about the challenge this week in, in facing Montreal again of course it's on your turf uh, this time but um, facing that same team two weeks in a row oh it's always tough since it's always tough playing somebody again back of course back to back you know they just played us they got the the feeling of us and everything like that so we, we got to just be prepared for new things and stuff like that and just stick with the bases and still play football. I've always seen you have a lot of energy on the field at practice and in games, but this is year two for you. I imagine you're a little bit more comfortable. How much fun are you having? I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. You know, um, I'm thankful that I'm here and everything like that. Don't take nothing for granted. And I love it here and I, 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 I hope I continue to play here. Thanks, teacher. Appreciate All right, no Dietrich Nichols, Chris Walby, is an absolute baller. I am a huge yeah. fan of this guy as a player. I don't care what team he's on, what league he's in. He is a lockdown human tarpaulin, I like to refer to him as. Has the right mentality. Seems to have improved in year two here in the Canadian Football League. Yeah. And he touched on some of those things that are oh so important. Whatever cards you're dealt, don't complain. Go after it. And also interesting, he said that you know, there might be a Cinderella story. So you got to go out there and play hard every night, no matter what. Uh, the Blue Bombers, everybody's gunning for them right now at 9-0, and Chris. You ever had your target on your back like that and some of the better teams you played on here in Winnipeg? You know, listen, for sure. I mean, uh, we've been in playoff games where we thought we were going to walk away with it. You know, we had, I think, 97. We, you know, we had a great team. We had hosted Toronto here and we end up losing. Uh, it, you know, it's it's any given, you know, day that you can beat somebody. Listen, one thing I like about what uh, Dietrich said there, he loves the culture, loves coming back. He says, I just hope I can keep playing here. That's the thing they've created again. It's another one that just resonates among all the guys that play in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, I met uh, today. I had to go down to uh, get my ankle checked at the orthopedic uh, place out in Oak Bluff. And uh, Jamie um, Longstaff uh, is now the trainer with the Bombers. And so right. he's also yeah. looking at me. And his dad had done a number of surgeries on me as well, Bert. So it was great to see him. And he showed up today in his meeting, bomber hat, you know, with the, the surgical hat, bomber mask. Oh, really? <laughs> bomber jacket. Like, I mean, I was like, and he said to me, you made my day, Mr. Walby. I go, are you kidding me? You're my surgeon, brother. You know what? Do I need any help? He goes, nah, we'll figure you out. We'll get you fixed up. But yeah, you know what? Uh, he even talks about, it. he says, just being part of it from a doctor's perspective and watching what they have created in that locker room. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. And uh, listen, Dietrich, God bless you, man. The kid's a great player. Uh, I want to answer one question. I saw one person here saying, did they only get paid at home games, you know, the, the players? No, the players get paid after every game. That's the stipulation of the contract. Uh, the nice thing about a short week, and I didn't even say this last week, but you get two paychecks in a, in a relatively quick time, which is nice. So if you're like uh, Zach Kolaris, you're, you're basically backing up the Brink truck twice. And taking all that cash, man. You know what I mean? You're old lineman like us. You know, we just still bring our lunch bag to work. Yeah. Well, and it's important, I think, too. You know, when you got the target on your back, everybody's gunning for you. Like, think of how uh, a team like Montreal that's been meddling this year. Yeah. If you can go into Winnipeg and, and smack them in the mouth and, and maybe come away with a victory. Like, it's not like Winnipeg's been blowing everybody out every week. Oh, no, no. If, if you can get a win in Winnipeg, it might change the mentality of your team. It might turn your season around. And for Montreal in an East division, that's wide open. I expect yeah. them to come out really gunning on Thursday night. Winnipeg better be prepared. They can't take a week off. They have a bye next week. Uh, Zach Kolaris was asked about this uh, at practice this week, Chris, like is it about getting through this game and getting to the bye week. It's not about getting through anything. It's about playing every single it's that one and all mentality right it's worked up yeah. until this point they're going to keep oh, yeah. it rolling but you know what i like about this whole thing about the you know the game and coming in and and uh if you look at what montreal did they were 14 14 with nine minutes left in the game in the fourth quarter 
They had played well. They had four turnovers. But, again, the Bomber defense, we only gave up three points off four turnovers. That's crazy. I mean, that just shows you how well the defense is playing to prevent other teams from taking advantage. That wasn't one of Zach's sharpest games. Three interceptions. He fumbled the ball once. I think it could have went the other way really fast. I was still blown away when uh, Montreal decided, instead of kicking a field goal, they tried to go third down and two and throw a ball out of bounds trying to hit Eugene Lewis, which is another story, is they're so focused on Eugene Lewis now that you don't even hear about, you don't hear anybody about the other guys. Uh, Jake, Jake Wenicke, I read an article on him today. Like, you know what? He had nine touchdowns last year. He got zippity doo this year. So, I mean, can Montreal beat him? Yeah, absolutely. Any team can beat somebody, but they got to get their game right. They've got it really. Hey, listen, you know what I, you know, I'm going to echo this, but. They, they fired Kahari Jones saying he had discipline problems on that team. We talked about this last week. Since, since? <laughs> uh, coach was taken over, they're worse in penalties. And yeah. they killed themselves again last week with penalties. Uh, you know, uh, and then I read somebody, I think it was Naylor, wrote an article. One of the guys, CFL writers, said that they players do not respect Danny Machocho. And you start seeing that. My God. And so somebody leaked that out. Somebody in a player, like you know, as a media guy, you're a media guy. You're never going to print something that's unsubstantiated where you might get in trouble for feedback, right? Yeah. Obviously, for him to put that in there, somebody fed some information to him saying, you know, the guys, the locker room is divided. It's not a great locker room. They love Kahari. So this is a make or break for me from Montreal for Danny Machocho because I think they thought that he was going to come in and, you know, he had success at University of Montreal, the Caribbean's. But he needs to turn this game around. He needs to win one badly, not just for the record, but for security in Montreal. Because you can't have Montreal starting to lose fans. Uh, the owner, David Stern, is doing everything positive, propaganda kind of thing, you know. But you got to have something to you know back it with. Look at Toronto. What they have in Toronto? Somebody said like 9,000 fans. Uh, it, that's embarrassing, man. Come on, I think man. they had 12,000 this past week. Okay, let me – what they what, what they put – Hey, what that's put, a 25% put, boost. They probably put 3,000 people twice through the gate. That's what they did. I know how they work, man. I don't know about that. But, uh, well, here, here's the thing. With the Montreal Alouettes, Chris, everything has gone bad for them this season. Week yeah. one, quarter number one. Yeah. Uh, the East Division, most outstanding player nominee from last season, tailback yeah. William Stanback goes down to injury and is out for the season. Then uh, Vernon Adams Jr., uh, they start yeah. kind of, you know, weaving in and out of having him at quarterback, having Trevor Harris at quarterback, uh, yeah. you know, Dom Davis uh, getting in and, and he leads the league in short yardage and, and rushing touchdowns this season. Now, Vernon Adams Jr. is on the six-game injured list. It's not even an option anymore. They decide yeah. to fire a player-friendly coach, yes. as you just stated. Like, Dave Naylor is an outstanding reporter. You're right. He wouldn't report anything unless he knew it to be true um, and they move on from Kahari Jones they move on from defensive coordinator Baron Miles they bring in a very old school uh D coordinator in Noel Thorpe I'm sure he can run a good off uh, a good defense but I don't know how how the players feel about having the system changed mid-season you, you move on from Kahari you bring in the general manager who generally speaking Chris GMs like not everything was like Cal Murphy right yeah. GMs today they keep their distance from from the players right they have to make hard decisions on these guys now you move from the front office to the bench uh it's going to be a challenge in that and now Trevor Harris has been limited or not practicing for the last number of weeks. It's a back injury that is nagging him. He will start Thursday night here in Winnipeg, but it is an uphill climb for this Montreal Alouettes team. That's why I say if they're able to put together a good effort, and like some people were saying in the live chat, you know, like for every team in the middle or the bottom part of the league, it's their gray cup playing against this undefeated Winnipeg Blue Bombers team. You better strap in and be sure you're, um, you know, you got everything ready to go and all your X's and O's in a line uh, when you're playing a team with nothing to lose. Yeah, and I agree with you on that, DV. The other thing I'll say this is uh, Noel Thorpe's defense didn't play bad. I don't think they played bad last week. I mean, anytime you can create four turnovers, I mean, you're doing something good there. I mean, when you're still tied 14-14 with nine minute plus left in the fourth quarter, you're doing something good there. What I really don't understand, and listen, I'm a big fan of AC Anthony Cabil. I, I I don't like their offense. I don't like the way they run their offense. They don't run the ball with any kind of uh, you know regularity. Uh, and they, we had 43 they, yards last week. 
And they and then what do they do? They throw to one guy all the time. Listen, Eugene Lewis could be the best receiver in the league. Could be. Yeah. He leads the league with touchdowns. Uh, you know, he makes some remarkable. The man is a gifted receiver. Agreed. But having said that, you're forgetting about Reggie White Jr. You're forgetting about Julian Grant. You're forgetting about Jake Winicky, Her Herji Malala, Miala. You know, they've got other guys, but you got, and I think I read somewhere that Machoto said it's time for us to spread the ball around. If teams know we're only going to Eugene Lewis. You know, I put a guy high, put a guy low on him, and take him right out of the game. Yeah. So somebody else has to step up. This might be the game that Winnicky comes uh, comes to life and gets something. And that's why I think, I mean, Montreal off defensively, to me, I don't think they're that bad right now. I just think offensively they make some weird decisions, much like I mentioned earlier in the podcast here, of going for third and two when you're down, kick the field goal, get the points. You got points, there you got them. Instead, they try a third and two and they turn the ball over. Ridiculous move. Here's their uh, offensive numbers from last week. Look at this. 15 targets for yeah, Eugene Lewis. And then number two is Herjie Mayala, the Canadian, with six. Yeah. That's less than half. Uh, and then you look at actual catches, nine for 123 yards for Eugene Lewis. Uh, and nobody else had more than three. Frankly, yeah. most guys had two or less, except for Jake Weineke, who pulled in three balls, but he only put 17 yards. Running the ball, 10 rushes to yeah. Jeshrin Antwi, and then yeah. five for uh, for Feaster, who uh, is relatively new uh, coming off the practice roster. Trevor Harris, 16 to 26, yeah. is okay. 127 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. They're not doing anything enough offensively to make you think it's going to be a football game. Winnipeg is that bend, don't break. They're not allowing touchdowns. Uh, yeah, of course, they they allowed, uh, you know, a, a passing, uh, you know, two passing touchdowns uh, against Montreal last well, week. Good. You come well, to IG good. Field, it's going to be a different story with that crowd noise. Well, absolutely. And they got a good crowd coming tomorrow too. So that's going to be a good thing. Listen, yeah, 30,000 numbers. When it. you put those numbers up there, DB, what really surprised me was not so much the targets, but the yardage. 123 for Lewis. And everybody else was 17, 15. I mean, look at those numbers. 33, 17, 15. Man, you're not going to win many football games with that kind of secondary yardage from your other receivers. Uh, it just echoes our point, buddy. You've got to spread that ball around, and you've got to get the other playmakers involved. The Bombers do a great job, whether it's Janarian Grant on the fly sweep, uh, the potential rookie of the year right now leading in my books, uh, you know, Dalton Schoen. Seven touchdowns already. Guy's a machine. Now you yes. bring back... Oh, you bring back a guy that was actually leading the league in the receiving before he went out and Greg Ellingson. Man, pick your poison. You don't yeah, think let's not bury the lead here, right? Happy? He's licking his chops, buddy. No, let's not bury the lead here. Greg Ellingson returning after missing the last three games. Uh, he yeah. played uh, in, or pardon me, that home game against Calgary on July 15th, yeah. uh, Winnipeg's 26-19 win. He was named a CFL top performer in that game. We actually got a chance to speak to him on day one of practice following that. And then poof, he was gone. You know, yeah. we thought it was a veteran day and just, just resting some things because he was made available to media. Uh, but however, he missed the next three, him coming back is a good thing. But what I want to ask you about is what I got on the screen right now, Chris, encouraged yes. by Brady Oliveira, putting up 100 combined yards in each of Winnipeg's last two games. What's changed? I'm asking everybody out there in the comments, get into the comments right now and tell us what you think has changed in the blue bombers run game. It's suddenly there, you know, it looks like a different team when they're handing the ball off. Well, we talked about, you know, continuity, uh, chemistry with the O-line, understanding how they're blocking when you got to, you can't hesitate, you can't dance when you hit the hole. I know that uh, uh, Brady talked to his running back coach at uh, Oak Park High, uh, where he went to high school and was a star. And then he talked to the receiver coach in the Bombers, and they had a great heart-to-heart. -heart, and they just, were, you know, he was really encouraged by that. I mean, in the last two games, he's averaging 6.3 yards a carry. Uh, and then it's funny how people turn, right? Because I read a comment somewhere and it said, uh, oh, Andrew Harris, who? Because now he's got a better rushing average. Than Andrew. I mean, it's just, man, people are breaking ankles, jumping off, jumping off and adding the bandwagon. You know, it's just crazy, man. But I <laughs> well, think welcome to pro sports, right? Yeah, like no kidding, man. I tell you, they love you one minute. And next, you're uh, dumping some manure in your yard the next, a.k.a. Oh, McCallum. <laughs> but hey, uh, listen, yeah. I like the way Brady's running the ball right now. He's hitting north-south. He's actually running over people. He's lowering his shoulder. Uh, he's delivering the blow. He's being the hammer, not the nail, as Dunnigan likes to call it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I like the way they're running. And the old line you know, 
This old line is only getting better. Uh, Chris Kolonkowski, I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of this kid. Comes in, places, you know, replaces Michael Couture. I, they haven't really missed a beat. He, he's, I think this kid is really playing well. He's been, uh, he's been very, very good. Um, uh, still no indication of when uh, all-star center Michael Couture could return to the Blue Bombers lineup. He's working with the team a little bit, but not in gear, has that cast on uh, his broken arm. But Chris, I did see uh, new Montreal Alouettes defensive tackle, Almondo Sewell, long time with Edmonton, now with Montreal, uh, widely regarded for years as the strongest man in the CFL. He did bull rush Blue Bombers center Chris Kolinkowski yep. a couple yep. times effectively, but that didn't stop Winnipeg's offense from being effective. He didn't get to the quarterback. So something to focus on tonight when you watch the snap, watch Almondo Sewell, the man they call Mondo, uh, push his way around on that offensive uh on that defensive line, it, it's going to be an area I think of him. That is why, DB, that I'm happy with Chris Kolonkowski. Listen, a kid just comes in. I think he's getting his fourth start. I mean, he, he, you know there's going to be some growing pains. He's just thrown in the middle of a line of a very veteran crew there, obviously, with Jeff Gray taking over for Desjardins, who's in New England right now. But, I mean, this is a veteran a group led by Bryant and Hardrick and Newfeld. So, and he's fitting in, and he's getting stronger. Yeah, listen. Everybody in their life has been bull rushed at one time. I've been bull rushed in, in, during my career. Everybody gets bull rushed. It's all about position, staying low, you know, making sure your hand's in the right place. If you're out too wide, guy gets underneath you. It's like the kid that used to play for us last year. Stove, uh, what was his name? Steven Richardson. Steve, who uh, I don't know how he's doing. But he's going to make a big difference if he gets back to BC's lineup this year. Uh, they considered him one of the strongest to go up there. He was getting underneath all those offensive linemen, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think they're I think they're gonna be okay. I love the fact they're running the football now. They've had the last two weeks uh, against Calgary and Montreal. They've done a great job of having a balanced attack. You know, not living off the pass or not living off the run, but mixing it up in a, in such a way that you're keeping the defense off balance. And if they continue to do that, and now with the weapon of Ellingson back, I mean, it just bodes well. I mean, it just just tells me how much riches. How many riches the Bombers have. And, and and again, kudos to the scouting department for bringing these guys in. Finding guys, drafting great guys by Kyle Walters. You know, the scouts, Danny McManus and company. And, and then, of course, you got Wade Miller and, and Coach O'Shea who just create this culture. And players actually get on the phone and they say, hey, you want to come to a good organization? Come to Winnipeg. And that was not always the case. Maybe yeah. the Jets could hire some of those guys because I know they have the Jets have some kind of a bad thing going on, you know, where people are like, I don't want to play in Winnipeg. You know, maybe because of the weather, I don't know. But anyway, hey, this is a Blue Bombers show, Chris. Don't don't make people uncomfortable because you talk about the hockey team and players not wanting to play there. People want to play in Winnipeg when it comes to football. We heard Dietrich Nichols say that. Uh, oh, to you just, just a minute ago. Off. Oh yeah, of course I did. <laughs> oh, that's right, because you work for hockey too. I'm sorry, TP. I just no, cut your okay. paycheck in half. No, you didn't. Woo! No, 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 no. No, 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 no. The thoughts and comments made in this podcast are mine alone and do not reflect the the thoughts of Darren bombing. There you go. (laughs) Well, okay. Speaking of which, uh, well, a question here I want to get to. uh, Andrea asking, uh, is Ellingson and Augustine in the lineup tonight? Will they play? Yes, they are in the lineup for Thursday night. Greg Ellingson um, missed the last three games. As we mentioned, he is back. uh, And the starting receiving lineup looks just like it did Week one with Rashid Bailey, Dalton Schoen, Nick Dembski, Drew Olatarski, and Greg Ellingson. Uh, as far as Johnny Augustine, he has been on the injury report the last few weeks, but he has dressed in every game, so uh, no issues there. Everybody on the Blue Bombers injury report is in and expected to play on Thursday night. All the guys on the sixth game do not go on the injury report. Uh, no indication uh, when those guys might come back. Uh, Chris, uh, speaking of Brady Oliveira, uh, very proud young man, very mature young man, and a talented football player as well. Uh, A Winnipegger and and homegrown product here, played in the NCAA at the University of North Dakota. He's now seeing the light as the Blue Bombers' number one guy and putting up production. Uh, I asked him about that confidence from the last two games his teammates uh and the offensive uh, you know the big boys up front of course and then for my dollar one of the biggest plays of the game last week that was his 35 yard catch uh, across the middle Uh, brady Oliver talks about that as well let's hear from him now the o-line is doing a great job uh they're they're finally starting to get into a groove and uh, i mean they put in so much work you know 
each and every day, each and every week, and uh, it's it's just great seeing you know things develop and, and seeing their their hard work pay off. And and obviously you know I'm sticking to it, and you know we got guys in the building, and you know everyone everyone believes in me here. The coaches believe in me. You know all my teammates believe in me. So uh, you know the O line first and foremost are allowing me to you know get open and, and to get past the second level and to start making some plays. So. You know, all thanks to the big boys up front. I'm sure they've always instilled confidence in you, but is it a different level of confidence when you're able to, you know, put up 100 combined in, in two straight games? Yeah, I mean, I can definitely start to feel feel that while I'm in the huddle, and uh, just definitely, you know, the the chemistry that I'm building with those guys up front, it, it definitely, you know, feels a lot different. And I've noticed that, you know, probably going into that Calgary game and especially last game, just in the huddle, um, just that that strong belief that, you know, they're going to ride with me and I'm going to ride with them. So. Uh, it's definitely a good feeling. We just want to keep stacking uh, good days and, and good weeks and uh, keep getting positive results. How good did it feel to pull in that catch? I've been waiting for that. <laughs> and you don't, guys know on this team that I've been waiting for that. Obviously, uh, you know, I like to consider myself as, you know, kind of a do it all back. I, I can run the ball, I can block, but I can also, you know, catch the ball. And I haven't had many opportunities to, to showcase my abilities out the backfield. Yeah, little check routes, uh, you know, little screens here and there, but. Me getting into the route concepts and and, and getting downfield and, and Zach trusting me and, and throwing me the ball and and allowing me to go and make a play. Um, but I've always had you know strong uh, confidence in my hands and uh, it's great that I finally got one. You know all the receivers were very excited for me and you know, it was great to finally you know get a, a deep shot downfield and and to ultimately make a play on the ball. Brady Oliveira uh, clearly elated on uh, talking about that catch he made across the middle. Chris, not too often you see a power tailback like Brady Oliveira be sent on a route like that. We, we got spoiled a little bit with Andrew Harris, right? Like he was truly an enigma in being able to uh, be a downfield receiver at times, but then also be the power back uh, that he was. But what a huge play that was, not just for the contested catch, but the way it flipped the field early in that game and gave the Blue Bombers a, a pretty strong field position advantage. You got to love the way the kid plays. First off, you know, I don't want to get into what he does off the field because I'm a huge fan of what he does and dog rescues and stuff like that. Yeah. But just the guy, the way he comes in and you could just see, and I think you hit it right in the head there, DB. It's almost like he took the weights off his shoulder and said, you know what? I'm happy. I'm having it. Things good. The low line and they're, they're working good. We're all working together now. And I don't think there's been a, we have not had a hundred yard rusher this year. Have we? I do not no. believe we've had a hundred yard rusher. No. And I know that uh, in the past, when a, when a, when you're running back, it's hundred, they take the old line out for dinner. So uh, maybe this week, uh, Brady might have to dig deep on the old paycheck and take those big boys can eat, man. I'm telling you right now, but yeah. uh, I know he'd be happy <laughs> as heck to get a hundred yards. So uh, yeah, really happy for the young guy. And that's not to take anything away from Johnny Augustine. I still think you sprinkle it in, but I, we did notice the last two games. It's more and more uh, number 20 and less and less of 27, uh, Augustine. So, I mean, obviously they've seen some things and they've seen that he's starting to get that confidence and he actually he's getting hit in the hole, like I said before, not dancing, just running. And, man, I like it. So better things and better things are going to come from that kid. Yeah, no, no question. Uh, somebody in the live chat saying, didn't Brady Oliveira run for 100 two weeks ago? No, two weeks ago he had a season-high 62 yards and then uh the week after that in calgary uh oh yeah there it is you're right he did have 100 100 110 yards on 15 carries Look in calgary hey. two weeks hey, ago brandon. Oh, hey thank brandon. you for that brandon. brandon b we'll have to get him on the show that kid's hey, tell you what way to smarten us up eh i was trying to think and I, you know i didn't have all my stats from those past games but uh so oh, yeah have, that's the excuse chris that's the excuse i have to have an excuse brother i'm old I'm I just trying to figure out if he took it. You know what? You should have asked him. You should have asked next time you talk to Brady, say, hey, is there? are you guys still doing that? I think the fans would like to know. I'd like to know. Are they still Which, the oh, taking them out? Yeah, yeah. you should put, put that in one of your list of questions for him. Well, I know uh, in the past, I think it was Matt Nichols bought every all the offensive linemen uh, Oakley sunglasses at oh, one yes, point yes. For, uh, for going no sacks uh, in a game when – Maybe things were a little bit different as far as their uh, uh, protection schemes and, and the rest. But Chris, the one of the, the things that goes with uh, the offense, of course, you mentioned Dalton Schoen, the return uh, of Greg Ellingson. But this is what I really want to know. Every single week, it seems to be a new receiver. It's been Nick yeah. Dembski in weeks past. It's been Greg Ellingson. It's been Dalton Schoen. Last week, it was, who was the Blue Bombers leading receiver? 
Oh, it was Drew Wolitarski who had 90 yards on five catches. Who yeah. will be the breakout man this week? It could be anybody. And that's such a dangerous thing, isn't it? Well, it's huge because that when you have that many weapons, and as you say, every week it's a new leading receiver, and you got a guy like I call Mr. Reliable. Uh, the two guys that I think, I, I think we have the top two slot backs in the CFL as a combination. Um, Ellingson and Schoen. I mean, I mean, these guys are really getting it done. I mean, obviously you look at uh, Dalton Schoen, the way he goes to the ball, the way he cradles the ball in the end zone, the way he finds opening, and, and he's he's mature way upon his years uh, as far as the CFL and how to how to read zones, and he's smart. Uh, he's a modest guy, and and I, we've said this a number of times, a number of podcasts already. Zach has a great relationship with this guy. He knows where he is. He leads the league. In 22nd down conversions, number one in the league. Uh, you know, he is the go-to guy when they need to move the chains. Mm -hmm. And uh, if he just keeps us up, I mean, I said this and I'm not, I'm gonna beat it to death. You better watch number 83 because he ain't gonna be here next year. Oof, wow. Yeah, that NFL window uh, does open for all players, whether they're under contract for 2023 or not. Um, yeah, yeah it, it it will be interesting. I also wonder about Nathan Rourke, Chris. Oh my they won't. You know, Justin Dunk mentioned this this week. NFL talent evaluators want to see quarterbacks and what they can do in adverse situations when they're down, when, you know, uh, the adversity is piling up on you. Nathan Rourke has shown that ability. Not every game they've played this year has been a blowout uh, where he's throwing for, you know, 900 yards and 15 touchdowns. I, I you know, joke, of course, but uh, what a huge game that was for, for Nathan Rourke this past week. Could be Dalton Schoen, could be Titus Wall of the Calgary Stampeders, another outstanding rookie uh, in the CFL so far this year. Um, yeah, you know, it, it makes you wonder uh, who will be around. Uh, but but that all said, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. You, know you, you never you know, know with a precise receiver, it might not be so cut and dry. No, and, and I agree. And, and we're not trying, I'm not trying to show him the door to say he's, but I just say the potential is there. That's what I'm saying. I mean, when you're like, and, you, and to your point, DB, the NFL, they got scouts at every game. They watch film. They get, they break it down. They see who's coming up. They got a little chalkboard of guys playing in the CFL, guys they want to put on their list, guys yeah. they want to talk to after the year. And USFL, starts, XFL. They, oh, yeah. Now. Think about it. And now we're not even talking about those other leagues. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they, they could be picking a lot of players. I mean, uh, the XFL is paying $50,000. A season, ten game season, five thousand plus a bonus if you win. So for a lot of guys, ten games is not a huge year. I mean, you come to CFL, you're playing eighteen, but if you if you played twenty down there, it's a hundred grand. So and it's American. So I mean, uh, it's not a bad That's deal. It. Like, what do you? How how would they play twenty? Well, if they did, I'm just kind of uh, extrapolate or oh, I you know, see. Just okay, expand yeah. on it. You know what I'm talking about? Because yeah. we got eighteen games, so I'm trying to just say. But, hey, listen, but their games. their schedule is short because they're trying to get into that spring session, yeah, right? Yeah. Where yeah, I know. you know uh, where that it's that dry period of American football in the spring. You come to the summer or like late spring. There's the spring games in the NCAA. Then there's NFL training camps, preseason games happening right now in August. Um, you know the CFL has been, you know, the way it's been for generations, decades of, of yeah. playing when they play. Uh, a lot of people have said, oh, they should start earlier so they can wrap their season up uh, on Labor Day and, and this and that and the other. I don't know. I, I think you just got to stick with uh, with the way it is in, here in Canada. It's interesting. Lynn Reimer has a great comment that I think that's such a cool thing when she's bringing up the fact that with the depth of American players, would the NFL be interested in a Canadian quarterback? Because you look along for Flutie and Moon. Moon was a different scenario. They didn't believe uh, you know, an African-American could play uh, football as a quarterback. He had to fight that stigma. And then, obviously, uh, Flutie had to fight the stigma. They figured he was too short. Uh, but you look at Nathan, and Nathan is a 6'2", 6'3". He's got a, he's got a really beautiful arm. Uh, he throws the ball extremely well. Accurate. It's, it's, a, it's a different game now. Uh, I mean, if you look at the NFL, to anybody who watches the game, they'll bring in anybody. They just go fishing. It doesn't hurt me to bring UDB in. Your whole family, and if you're all athletes, it doesn't hurt me. I just I, I got to pay your plane fare. I put you up at a hotel. I run through some tests. I see if I like you or not. And if I don't like you, I, I ship you home. I mean, the pocket size, it, it's huge. But I, as you said, with the XFL, with the USFL, with all these other leagues, but everybody wants the number one. And, I, and listen, no dog in the CFL. I love this game. I played it my whole life. But having said that, the NFL, for a lot of guys, when you have families or anything, 
you want to make the dinero. You want to make that dollar, right? And and because I mean, you don't have to play fifteen years to make a living. You can play it two, three years and set yourself up and your family up pretty good for the future. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, Lynn mentioning that uh, Chris is also an American, being Straveler, easy to sign a citizen. Well, it's easy for them to sign anybody. They'll yeah, anybody. sign. It doesn't matter. They'll sign yeah. players from from Lagos, Nigeria, or from right. um, Potsdam or, or or wherever, right? But um, yeah, I'm kind of with Corey. Uh, at least for the short term, I hope work stays in BC at the same time, Chris, yeah. to see a Canadian bred quarterback from Brampton, Ontario, go from Canada to the NCAA at the university of Ohio and the Bobcats, Bobcats. Yeah. to the CFL back up in year one, uh, starting in year two, throwing the lights out, winning, 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 um, and then get a shot in the NFL all the power to him. I, I do hope that happens. Yeah. Selfishly, I love watching him play here in the CFL. Well, that's the thing. Everybody does. I mean, obviously he's a big thing and, and all BC can really, you know, they got, you know, they got a new owner and listen, I, it's not, it's not uh, too far to believe that if the owner knows that this is a winning guy, you know, sometimes they will back up their brings truck and keep him. I mean, look at Dunny. Dunny can play with us. He was like the first million dollar quarterback that the Bombers signed, right? I mean, we all took the Bombers at yeah. that time yeah. uh, so that we could sign Donnie. And Donnie took us to the Grey Cup two years in a row. And I say this with all honesty, had he not, uh, you know, blown his Achilles in uh, 92, or 93, excuse me, 93. 92, he got beat by Flutie. He was, he was a heck of a quarterback. Uh, but in 93, we, sh we we dominated Edmonton. All That was the year that, uh, 93, that, that Dunnigan threw for 713 yards, still a record. And uh, we beat him by 50 points. And then, of course, we go to the – and and Dunnigan rips his Achilles. And and we end up losing that game, a game we should have won. But, hey, ifs and buts, it tells you again, injuries, key injuries at key times can send any team from the penthouse to the outhouse, man. Well, on that note, Chris, yeah, the Winnipeg man. Blue Bombers at 9-0 and on the season. They play Thursday night. Then they have their first of three bye weeks in the second half of the season. Crazy. Three road games, six home games the schedule looks so much better yeah. on the way through here the rest of the way however you're right anything can happen in a yeah. season everybody's talking about an undefeated season here in winnipeg Don't start doing so, that man well i okay look when the when the bombers were like four and oh five and oh we started like amongst the media watching practice we're like when do you start having that conversation when do you start talking about an undefeated season I believed you get to 10 and 0, then maybe you start having that conversation. And I looked at the bomber schedule, say, okay, they got 10 straight games to start the season, then a bye week. That's when you start talking about it. Yeah. Well, others felt differently. They've been talking about it since 8 and 0, now 9 and 0. Chris, your thoughts on an undefeated season in professional football so today where anything can happen? Unheard of. I think the only team I've ever heard about it was the Miami Dolphins, 1972. Uh, I that's the only team I've ever seen. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous to even think because, again, you can't control what comes down the road. And I always said this: a team gets hot at the right time, key injuries hit your team, and you got to sit somebody out. Or maybe you wrap up your schedule, and the Bombers go thirteen and zero, and they decide, you know what, guys, we wrapped up first place. I'm going to start resting guys, right? And so you sit guys, right? And that there's so many scenarios to to put in that uh, formula that could lead to a loss, but. Again, it's all about building momentum. And I don't know, uh, O'Shea and the whole team there, they want to build. You always want to be getting better than a game you'd previously played. And you want to build toward the playoffs. Remember, the goal is always this. Make the playoffs, get a home game in the playoffs, and make it to the cup. Those are three steps. They've done that. And they did it the hard way, I think, in 19, 2019, right? They had to win in Calgary, and they, I think they had to win in Saskatchewan. So, I mean, this is that was the beginning of their – Oh, I'm going to call it legacy because two years in a row and they're potentially three now. It's crazy. But, mm -hmm. uh, and that'll be another thing. Cause I think only Edmonton has won more than three in a row or three in a row. I think they were five, five in a row when we played them. Anyway, like you, like I digress. who Chris, who wouldn't trade a three game losing streak during the regular season for a championship at the end? Anybody like, who wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't think like that. Nobody thinks like that. Well, if this anybody, team doesn't, right? No, I mean, it's I one and oh, one and oh, one and oh, one and oh, they've got the right mentality. They've got a, what they do is they have such a great nucleus of veterans, uh, guys that have been here, guys who have drank the Kool Aid, guys who will teach the young kids what they really have to do on the field if they want to be part. As you mentioned, FIFO, 
you know, fit in or whatever off. So, I mean, <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, you know, see, I'm really watching my P's and Q's today. You really are. I'm, you're on it. Yeah, I'm on, on fire. You man. know, for that, for that, Chris, because you're on your P's and Q's today, here's a gift for you. I'm going to deliver got, this to you. How about this? A beautiful beer glass. Oh, I like that. You know what? You're that, enticing eh? the big man. Big man is very excited about that. You know what? It's funny. I I I think beer glasses are like special to me. That's like it's like Christmas all over again. It's gorgeous. Look at that design. That's designed and made in Winnipeg by our good friends at the Sports Vault. You can check them out at thesportsvault.com. Uh, I'm gonna pull them. Uh, I'm gonna pull up their um, uh, their catalog here. Check this out. They've got everything. You name it, mugs, glassware, tumblers. Uh, we just gave away uh, a pair of these. I know these are, are maple leaf ones. Here's some some old Canuck ones. Uh, but we had Blue Bomber ones just like this that we gave away on Bonfire Midweek uh, last night. Um, you know, uh, coffee mugs, shot glasses. And then it goes beyond the drinkware. Like, look, this is all on thesportsvault.com. Winnipeg company and, and all produced here. Um, wow. You know, hockey pucks and uh, towels, uh, barbecue gear, uh, utility gear, you know, work gloves, you name it. How about this? Luggage straps with yeah, your favorite cool. team. It doesn't matter what it is. NFL, NBA, NHL, Canadian Football League, uh, keychains, novelties, you know, big foam fingers, Christmas decorations, holiday decorations, uh, all types of stuff. And then it even gets into this really cool stuff. You yeah, can get cool. like the gray cup or the Stanley cup with, uh, you know, your team's logo on it. I love these, the gold record for your championship season. How about a blue bombers gold record for their back-to-back, -back, maybe even three Pete, uh, gray cup championships. Oh, I cool. know this is a, I know this is kind of gross, a rider's guitar, but you could get a blue bombers guitar or a blue bombers ukulele, bring that to the banjo bowl. How well, about that? A, yeah, Saskatchewan should have, there should be a Saskatchewan banjo. That's what it should be right there. Yeah. So check them out. The sports uh, great people over there. And uh, we've got lots of giveaways right coming on. your like way that. here on bonfire sports. Chris, I'm going to get this to you. ASAP, you and I have a, a bunch of stuff to do. Uh, when are you inviting yep. me over for, you know, well, you know what? We got to, we got to, we got to fill gotta a buy. couple of these. We got to fill them up. Oh, God. Yes. We will fill those up, brother. Now that we have a buy, because when they have a buy, we have a buy. Yes. So it's kind of nice. I mean, well, you uh, have a buy. You have a buy. I'm still doing Bonfire Midweek next oh, week. Yeah. And actually, as a matter of fact, I wanted to say hi to you from Zach, your buddy Zach. Yeah. He was coming. I was walking into the orthopedic uh, surgeon's uh, office in, in Oak Bluff. He was coming out of the store across the street yelling at me. Is that uh, so right? what he's doing? He said, I'm buying something for, I think it was his daughter. But anyway, it's pretty interesting. So he said, hi. He was yelling at me. I said, hey, how you doing, buddy? So he said, yeah. He said, say hi to DB. I said, Very yeah, I will. Cool. It's the yeah, Bonfire like, family. It's growing. It's hey, growing. Man, brother, you never know where you're going to run into somebody. No, that, that is so true. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of the cool part of the CFL. Like you could run into these players or coaches, Mike O'Shea, you find him at Safeway, uh, you know, Zach Kolaris, you'll find him at <laughs> Bull bagging groceries? <laughs> no, he wouldn't be, no, no, he wouldn't be bagging groceries. He, he, hey, he did, he grew hey. up at a, with a Dairy Queen. His family had a Dairy Queen when that's he was a kid. Right. And his dad was uh, in, a, in the military. Yeah. But I want to say this. Hey, how about a big shout out to Mike O'Shea, Michael O'Shea, if you would, getting a field and his hometown named after him. Yeah, on Monday. I, I, what an incredible honor for the young man. I mean, uh, that's humbling when you get something named after you, a park, especially like, a, I guess it must be a football field or something, I'm assuming. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, good for him. And I know he's going back to sign autographs. And to me, it's, he's a guy that hates that. You, when you look at him, you don't. he's really humble. He's not a guy that like craves attention or needs it. Yeah. So this is really nice for the guy. So congratulations to Coach O'Shea. A wonderful achievement, man. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, Chris. Uh, also, uh, another thing that's potentially on tap when you look at uh, accomplishments, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Thursday night at IG Field can become the first team in CFL history to win 400 games at home. Uh, they great. sit at 399, uh, you know, likelihood. They're 11 and a half point favorites over the Montreal Alouettes uh, right now. Uh, what a cool what thing that would be. A bigger... What's that? You say 19? No, no, 11. Okay, I saw 12 and a half. Okay, I'm sorry. I think that's where it started. Yeah, and it's come down a little bit. I'm going to pull okay. that up right now. That's uh, crazy. Spe 
Speaking of which, if you guys want to get in on a great deal, SIA.com slash bonfire, sign up there, get a bonus that helps us directly here. Chris, myself, Zach, uh, uh, on bonfire sports. Uh, as of right now, still 11 and a half, Chris, okay. uh, the Winnipeg blue bombers are favored. Uh, the tie cats line has moved a little bit. They're now two and a half point favorites at home in the, the back-to-back against the Argos, uh, stamps still two point dogs at home to the BC lions on Saturday. Uh, and then the riders are now six point favorites. That line has moved a, a tiny bit. Yeah. I think it started at five and a half, six point favorites in Edmonton. I think there's some value there. Well, uh, you, you know what? I'm I know not... Edmonton got beat up last week and they looked really bad in Vancouver, oh, they but they're back home. Uh, Saskatchewan's beat up too. Like they're, they're a bit of a tire. Not only right beat now. up, Saskatchewan's not beat up. I find that the, the amount of pressure they're putting on Cody Fajardo and the mm-hmm. amount of negativity directed at the young man. He went from being, you know, uh, basically priesthood out there. Uh, you know, they loved him. Yeah, they Jesus, loved him. Jesus sprinkles. Yeah, sprinkles. And then all <laughs> of a sudden now they're like, he's not. And people are commenting in the media. Like, I think it was uh, uh, Lewis, the guy who used to play for Nick Lewis. Yep. He's not the deal. He's not. A, he's, you know, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, we don't have this. Chris, normally, it's you, really, you, really. You take like, away one of his greatest weapons and that's his legs. He is very beat up. He's got a knee injury that he's playing through. He's admitted it. The team's admitted it a bye week this past week. Maybe will help that a little bit, but you don't recover from a knee injury in in 10 days. Not very good. Well, they're getting sacked. It's almost BC last year with Mike Riley. That's for for Jarlow right now. You know, when you spend half the, half the game counting clouds, because you're just staring on the bow and you're back at the sky. It's not a good thing. It's one thing, though, to have an offensive line that has you running around and maybe you have a knee injury. Yes. It's another thing if you're a quarterback like Cody Fajardo and half of your game is running the football. When he was the West Division MOP nominee in 2019, you know, following the uh, suspension to Andrew Harris for PEDs, uh, what did Cody Fajardo do? He threw for a whack load of yards and he rushed for something like yeah. 800 yards or right. 650 yards uh, that season. So you take that away, suddenly defenses are playing against him and this Riders offense yeah. differently. Jason Moss built this offense around the dual threat that is Cody Fajardo. Uh, it's now tough for Saskatchewan. Here's my question to you, Chris, kind of a two-parter. I want to get into this as far as the East and the West division. Saskatchewan, could they be a crossover team if if Montreal and, uh, you know, Absolutely. namely Montreal and Ottawa continue to struggle? Say Hamilton and, and Toronto are at the top of that division. Saskatchewan could end up coming through the East this year. Can you imagine a Bombers-Riders Grey Cup in Regina in November? It's possible. It's it's crazy when I think about it. And I also think about when everybody talked the preseason, it was about Hamilton being the beast of the East. You know, it's going to be. I still believe they will. I still believe they'll turn around. But now Dane Evans is hurt. Dane Evans is struggling. And he's hurt now. Yeah, I heard they're going with the backup. But I mean, uh, they. uh, He's leading the league in interceptions. He fumbles the ball all the time now. I don't understand. That was a throw, the throw that he tried to force that ended up losing the game to Toronto. Um, Yeah, it wasn't a very good throw. It wasn't a bad decision. He had a guy wide open. He just didn't see him. But having said that, I mean, I'm not a quarterback. So, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think to answer your question, absolutely could uh, Saskatchewan go over there. I mean, it was it was nice to see that uh, Paula Police finally get a win. That was a nice thing for there for Ottawa. But uh, I mean, they got a long way to go to get out of that outhouse because it's. A, it, but as you said, and you've hit it on the head, man, the East is still wide open. I mean, when I you only have three wins at the top, it's crazy. Bombers Four have points. nine, yeah, and they got three. Yeah. So yeah, you're Four. to your point, absolutely. Four points between first place and the two teams yeah. right below them uh, right now in Hamilton and Montreal. Ottawa, it's going to be a tough climb for them. Uh, they get their first win of the season, then they get you know beat up pretty good in, in a, an ugly game uh, against the Calgary Stampeders last week. Uh, we'll see how Week 10 uh, shakes out uh, in yeah. the East. But when it comes to the West, Chris, here is the ultimate question. Can the one-loss BC Lions catch the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We got to remember the final two Blue Bombers games of the season is a home and home against the Lions with a bye week in the middle. What a great, now see, I've been complaining about the schedule just because of the fact I think Winnipeg obviously going for six games in 32 days and they come out and they, you know, they're basically perfect right now. But now, as you say, they got the, they got the rest, they got the bye. It depends where, where BC is at that time. 
if BC is very close and moving up, and I say back to back, do the Bombers and the Bombers have you know, uh, like right now what is Bombers? Uh, BC six and one right now. We're six points ahead. Boy, I think Bombers would really have to fall off the track to uh, to let BC get in there. Could it happen? Absolutely, anything can happen. BC but, has a monster game this week against the Calgary this is gonna be That to me is yeah. listen. I, we're Bomber fans. I'm a Bomber. I bleed blue and gold all day. But I got to tell you, there's a game I want to watch, and that's the BC Calgary game. I want to see if Nathan against a, a very because you know he's had all his yards. All three games have been against Edmonton. That's when With he has big games. Yeah, yeah. All his big games. So I want to see what he does. Listen, I'm not taking it away from a young man, but I want to see what he plays like and how he plays against a pretty good Calgary. Even though they've lost Trey Robertson, uh, Roberson for the season, that's a big loss for the corner. And they cut Calgary. Raheem Wilson with no explanation. Yeah, there's something going on. A starter. There's Started something just, going on. It could be it could be a locker room thing, could be off-field thing. I, mean, I just got a te- you know what, Chris? I just got a text from somebody in Calgary. And yeah. you know, to paraphrase, they're doing all types of weird blank, is the oh, way they okay. described what's going yeah. on in Calgary. Yeah. So uh, but it's gonna be a great game. Uh, here it is Saturday, uh, August 13th, six o'clock central time, Lions at Stamps. Here's their schedule the rest of the way. A home and home against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We'll see how that shakes out. They go to Montreal, back in Calgary again. That could be a tough game, oh, wow. uh, depending on how... Cal- and that's a home and home with Calgary, September 17th and 24th. They're what then home that? to the Ottawa Red Blacks in Toronto, home to the Bombers on October 15th, trip to Edmonton, and then trip to Winnipeg to wrap up week 21 and the regular season. These two games, Chris, right here, yeah. like let's say Winnipeg loses one game this season, just prognosticating they lose one game and bc's still at a loss or two maybe even three if bc can win both of those games they can win the division it's going to this very well could determine uh who hosts the west final and who um has to go on the road uh you know to get the work done yeah i agree with you and that's uh that's what i love about it right now and uh you're you're way ahead of me on that because I did not look at the schedule that far back to see who is uh, the bombers were finishing the season with but uh mm-hmm. that's going to be a great matchup and as you say the way BC's playing that's why I'm so curious to watch them against Calgary a better team than I believe Edmonton is right now and see what uh, Calgary does but again as you mentioned they're doing all kind of crazy bleep bleep whatever out there in Calgary so <laughs> Uh, well, like the other, the other thing too, is Chris, you got six home games, three road games and three buys, which is very advantageous. Now that the blue bombers have been able to get through the first half of the season and impressively, uh, with no losses yet, but three games against the Saskatchewan rough riders, two here in Winnipeg, the banjo bowl, of course. And then September 30th, uh, they're back here at IG field. Um, Speak to rivalry games. We know from historical precedent, you never know who's going to win uh, in games between these two rivals. Three games they play, those are going to be three tough games for Winnipeg to win all of them. Yeah. Saskatchewan is always a great rivalry. I love the Prairie rivalry. I love the fact that every time we play them, the games are pretty close. Uh, I remember playing, uh, you know, the years we used to go to Saskatchewan, it was very rare that we could come out of Saskatchewan with a win. It was just a tough place to win. And uh, I think it's going to be tough for the Bombers. But, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves right now. I think that right now they've got to get ahead. And 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 I know their focus is on Montreal, but I guarantee you guys, we used, it used to drive me crazy sometimes, guys. We'd have a bye week and guys would bring their lo- their luggage into the locker room. Yes, I remember you telling me about that. Oh, it drove me nuts because they're already thinking about it. i got to catch that flight, man. I'm out of here, baby. Excuse me. Ding, ding, ding. 60 minutes. I'm out of here. So you got to make sure their head's still focused on that game. And I know that O'Shea and coaches are doing a good job of that, but there's no way in heck that some of them aren't thinking, man, I get to see my family. I get a week off. I get to, you know, spend some time with, you know, away from football, which is going to be a good thing. This is the only team that hasn't had a break yet. So it'd be ridiculous to think they haven't thought about it. No, of course, of course they have. Right. Uh, it, it will be interesting to see how Winnipeg plays through three buys, three road games and six home games. Uh, in the second half of the season. How about we hear from the Blue Bombers quarterback, Zach Kolaris? No, let's do it. Every quarterback uh, goes through it, but speak to the mentality of, you know, maybe you, you throw an interception, but you go back to uh, not being afraid to throw into tight windows and run the offense uh, unfettered by that. Yeah, yeah, it comes down to trust, trusting the game plan, trusting the receivers, uh, you know, trusting the guys up front. Um, you know, again, 
um, knowing who the point is and, and blocking it well. And uh, again, I think as the game went on, um, you know, again up front and our receivers did a good job of, of understanding what, our, what the challenge was, and uh, they made some you know, great plays on the football. And, and up front, they did a great job keeping it clean. How much has it helped getting the the run game as productive as it has been the last two weeks? Any way you can gain yards, you know. So uh, hand the ball off, throw the football, whatever, whatever you need to do. Um, I think. Uh, Again, I think I've, I've said before, for the guys up front, it's much more fun to run block than to pass block. So um, if you can get that going, um, you know, I'd imagine it makes their job easier. Yeah, no doubt, Chris. You would uh, know firsthand. Oh, yeah. uh, you get the run game going, it makes everything a lot easier. But I want to go back to Zach Kolaris' first comment, my question to him about, uh, you know, maybe you throw a pick, maybe you throw two. He threw three yeah. in Montreal last week. You got to be completely unfettered by that and continue to throw the football. I I saw Zach Kolaris come back from throwing it maybe a bad interception, yeah. and he just continues to zip it into super super tight windows. Like he doesn't even think about that last throw. He he does not change the way he plays. It's impressive. Well, his men, his mentality. If you watch him, what I love, he's a gamer, and I really call him a gamer because. He's fired up. You don't really see, he's not a guy. It doesn't seem like a guy that's in a huddle screaming and yelling, but you can see he's got intensity. And I I think he's very confident and he knows what he has in front of him, but his decision-making, his ability to escape the pocket. And I think you brought it up once. He does a great job. Most of the time he rolls to the right. And it seems like, and I can even go back to 19 and, and we played Calgary and he's rolling around. He does the Darvin big Adams. circle and he hits Darvin Adams for a crucial touchdown in the, in the playoff game. So, I mean, he it, he just makes things happen. Uh, this is a guy 34, going to be 35 this year, and he's playing like a 20-year-old. I mean, uh, he's in great shape. The Bombers have done a great job. Now, he did get hit a few times last week. And as you say, uh, that's something they're going to have to tighten up on. And that's why I said Montreal's defense, seriously, for three and a half quarters, I don't think they played pretty bad. I thought they played bad. I, I just think the uh, Montreal's offense is a big question mark to me. That's my thing right there. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's, uh, that's um, you know, a strange thing to be concerned about. Um, when it comes to the Montreal Alouettes uh, injury uh, situation, Avery Ellis, their starting defensive end, is back this week. Chandler Worthy, once again, out. That gives the Blue Bombers a huge advantage yeah. on special teams. Janarian Grant, we haven't even mentioned, Chris. Unbelievable game he played. Probably his best, I would say, as a Blue Bomber because... He contributed in the run game, contributed in the pass game. He had that one hitch route that he knifed upfield. Like I like to say he knifed it because he just split defenders and ran for 20 yards upfield, had a punt return touchdown. And on a couple of those interceptions that Kolaris threw, Janarian Grant, who's like, what, 165 yeah. pounds? Pretty made fast. two tackles, including on, on some big boys. He he was really coming to play last yeah. week. Yeah. he's uh, I love the way that... Uh... You know, they asked O'Shea to describe him in a word. He just said electric. He is that kind of guy. He's a game breaker. You saw him. He saw a hole up uh, on that punt return, 57 yards untouched. Just broke through, and it, that was it. Great job of blocking by his line or his, uh, in his return team. But when you got a guy with that kind of speed, a.k.a. the greatest I've ever seen, still in my word, uh, is um, Gizmo Williams. Uh, he was unbelievable. I mean, I had him down. We missed a field goal, and I had him in my sights. And I'm just trucking down that sideline. And I go, boy, boy, this is going to be ugly. And all of a sudden, I end up turning and saw his cleats go by me. And he oh, was wow. gone. I missed that bus <laughs> by about three transfer spots. So, I mean, it, it was ugly. I, I, in the film, I was like, okay, get out of the film now. Roll out. Roll out of the camera. Because they show you. It looks. It's just like I did a U-turn. I went, whoa. I mean, the guys. He was just. He, he, was, love, the he was a special was player. He was a oh, special God, player. Just a great guy. Uh, okay, Chris, uh, as we kind of uh, look towards yeah. uh, the end of our hour here, I know you're waiting to get some coldies in you. You know, yes, maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll borrow this today. Uh, yes, try. And, uh, I'll clean it. Yes. I'll clean it first for you. Oh, you yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, your I don't keys need your DNA in my body, okay? <laughs> your what? Huh? Pardon? DNA, Never man. mind. Never mind. All right, get going. Uh, <laughs> your keys to the game uh, and the way, the path to uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers moving to 10-0 and 0 this season. Well, to me, I think it's, uh, I think on, on special teams, hey, listen, we didn't even talk about it, but I'll say this, continue the pace. Mark Leggio, 60, uh, 18 to 20 field goals. 
Um, but his punting has been spectacular. His placement of the punts has been spectacular. Uh, you know, Mark Leggy, Legs or whatever you want to call him, Leggy has done a great job. But I think that the Bombers on the cover team have really got to watch this kid. That Tyson Philpot, he's electric. I mean, I know they'll have Chandler Worley, but that Tyson Philpot's pretty pretty electric guy returning. On 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 offense, they just gotta you know stay the route, man. You see, they just do it right. Try to protect the ball a little better than they did last week. Make better decisions. Defense and keep keep going after the ball. And uh, I, I think you got to stuff that run. Force the Trevor Harris bad back Trevor Harris to uh, you know to throw to live off the pass. And uh, let's uh, little, let's get a little bit more uh, Brady Oliveira oil on that salad. Ooh, how about that? <laughs> Mixing it with a little balsamic. Balsamic. <laughs> you know, you can tell when I'm getting thirsty. Eh? I start going oh. all wacky. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. Well, you're you're a guy that has uh, salad for breakfast, right? You're the weird breakfast, soup for breakfast. Every meal, every meal I eat salad, baby. Get your yeah. greens in you. Well, that's why you look so good for uh, yeah, 45 years old. Yeah, yeah, for 45. <laughs> hey want to want to thank everybody for joining us here live on game day winnipeg be sure to come back to the channel for game day after dark we'll break it all down here live following thursday night's game uh and then tuesday during the bye week uh bonfire midweek uh is a go zach schnitzer and myself uh we'll get it going chris enjoy your bye week enjoy the game have a great weekend my friend you, brother. um and uh well you know I, i'm sure you're going to be pulling for uh for the good guys uh, and uh, what's going to be a raucous crowd on Thursday night at IG Field. Yeah, and I'll give you a call next week because obviously with my bye week, I'll be uh, looking around and uh, maybe I'll get to enjoy that glass, that gift you bought me there. And uh, we'll I got a couple things fun. for you, buddy. I got a couple. All right, so that'd be perfect. Anyway, you enjoy it too. You have a great time. Go Blue. Love you guys. I know it's going to be 10-0. and 0. Don't go crazy. Well, that's an accent. I love that shit, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Adios, amigos. Here I go again. I got to leave. <laughs>